Welcome to the 24 Stories podcast that aims to educate, inspire and help build brands. I'm your host, Stephen Ryan, founder of 24 Stories, and I'll be joined each week by guests from a variety of industries here to tell you how they built their brands. Welcome to episode 17 of the 24 Stories podcast. This week we're going to talk about health and fitness and uh, I'm delighted to be joined by Luke Dennehy of Dennehy's Health and Fitness. Welcome to the 24 Stories podcast. Thanks Steve, thanks for ask, asking me to come on. No, I'm delighted. I had a brief look at your bio on LinkedIn. It said you didn't start in this industry, you actually started in the building industry. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I haven't seen that bio, I haven't looked at it anyway in years. Yeah. But um, I was actually a builder, a block layer, block and brick. Okay, yeah. It was kind of, my father was a stonemason yeah. by trade. So when I turned 16, I kind of was sick of school and all that. Yeah. So I decided to go out and it was very, it was very big at the moment or at that time. Yeah, so did you leave after junior certs or? I was in transition year for about half the year. Yeah. And then I got a job with Bar Construction, Noel Murray, um, doing block and brick and I did my apprenticeship in that. I actually did, I was in my fourth year when I stopped um, due to an injury. I, I actually got it in rugby, but I wasn't able to lay blocks with it. Yeah. So then that got me thinking, you know, this kind of work, like if I get injured playing sport, whatever, yeah. I can't even do it. Yeah. And I was rehabbing the injury with a physio and that kind of got me into health and fitness when I kind of seen what you could do from going to the gym and, you know, fixing imbalances. Yeah. yeah. I decided then to do a um, course in Stefan Efa to become a fitness instructor and did you leave it need a leaving cert or anything like that to do that at the time or technically I think you need a leaving cert applied or something yeah Um. someone on the course she was also involved in the rugby side of it yes and I was decent at rugby okay, back yeah. then anyway I was yeah. so I um, I kind of went in on the kind of thing that I'd play rugby as well in there so you were lucky enough I suppose you were probably what 20 or something like that when you kind of discovered Maybe I need a- to go 18, down 19, like yeah. I was 16, 17, 18 block laying and in my 19th year then is when it happened yeah. and I still wasn't that much older in college, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I was only yeah. a year or two older than everyone else. So I, I Yeah, still you were had, kind of going in on the level with them. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And to be fair, I did I did score really well and everything in college and because I had worked for so long, yeah. I didn't, I thought like, do you know, people that came straight from their leaving cert, leaving cert applied were kind of like, sick of school maybe and didn't yeah, want to do college yeah. they just wanted the practical side whereas like I was making it my business to like show that I was smart so I was trying to get high scores I couldn't everything You had a bit of a hunger in you then like probably yeah. to change things and you knew that how hard it was to work probably Monday to Friday around the clock Yeah and block lane was really tough. hard like yeah it was tough work and you got paid by the block so even if you were an apprentice and you weren't getting paid by the block the person you're working for is so yeah. you were working as hard as you can for them like Yeah I'd imagine it's not an easy like this time of the year now in the winter months or whatever like wet dreary oh. mo- like when I see when I see like you know driving into my office now yeah compared to when I was 16 on a moped yeah. driving like you know in the coldest winter morning to a building site I remember I used to be putting my gloves my work gloves on the engine of the bike trying to warm up before I start work because the blocks would be stuck together and everything yeah yeah and you're straight into it so um like I have a big respect for all the builders now like they do all work. this work yeah. but it is tough work yeah it is so you went to Stefan for like how long a course is that then is it two or three years it's or? a two year course but yeah. you can go on like I went on to the third year they had a, they had a third kind of sports science course yeah. that they brought in while I was in there I was involved coaching with the ladies soccer team in there with okay. Paddy Gleeson one of the teachers in there lecturers yeah. in there and um, 
even for the men's soccer team in there, I used to do a lot of the fitness programming for them. And then through that, uh, Liam Murphy was um, a lecturer in there too. And him and Paddy were in charge of the Cork City under-20s at the time. So they got me in to start doing their fitness then as well. Like mm-hmm. So again, I was just building my CV while I was in college. Because you qualified the first year as a fitness instructor. Okay. Then the second year you qualified as a personal trainer. And to be honest, I think it's the best way to go. Because nowadays you can do a course very quick and you mm-hmm. don't really gain any experience. You're yeah. just kind of like getting a tiny little bit of experience, enough to get a qualification to work in the industry. But I felt by the time I left college and started working, I already had a lot of experience, you know. Did you go somewhere and work full time or how did it happen like after? Yeah, um, I started off first doing like in a leisure centre. Yeah. It was the Ramada, I think it was at the time, up Blarney Golf. Oh, that's resort. right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I worked there for a good time and then I was kind of doing personal training clients Myself at home, I had a kind of shed. It was yeah. like, you know, rough and ready, like, but yeah. it was it was still a place I could do my own stuff. And then I got a job in a place in, it's down beyond for my anyway, Keith knew you, it was called at the time. I got a job down there as a personal trainer. It really appealed to me because it was actual one-on-one with the clients. There was nothing yeah. like that around at the time. This yeah. was that, that and um, Edgeco Gym were kind of the first, you know, where you were like one-on-one training people in leisure centres. You were kind of like just cleaning and putting yes. back weights and, you know, doing... A lot know, of admin type of stuff as well. Yeah, and it? pool yeah. tests and you were covering the desks so you were a receptionist as well as a trainer yeah. and all that. So it got boring. And did you stay there for a while then? Not yeah, I stayed there for a good while. Um, Again, I felt I was just building my CV and experience because, okay, I got the, the kind of leisure centre job done. Now I've done the one-on-one PT, so I've worked with so mm. many different clients that I yeah. can put that in my CV. And um, eventually then I just didn't like the separateness of it was just like you come in, you train for half an hour and you're gone. Yeah. Do you know, and I see in two days or whatever, I might see it twice or three times a week. And because I was so into the gym myself, I was so fit. I was like, these people need to be training more. Yeah. They need to be like doing their own thing. They need to be able to go out on their own and train. Yeah. And that, like all oh, this kind of led me to, to Denny's because I wanted a place where you could have, you know, a personal trainer you can learn how to do things right but you can go away and implement it yourself then whenever you want because we have long opening hours and yeah. whatever you know and um, kind of merge the two of them together basically It was 2010 or something you set up in Balancholic Yeah and I and I had worked in like I, I worked in the locker room that was here in town first and work experience and I did part time there and I worked in the Oriel and Balancholic for a couple of years too so I, I did build up like a good bit of experience and then it was 2009 we came up with the idea, myself and my father, and it was June 2010 we actually got opened. And, and that wasn't an easy time. That was kind of, the country was very much in a recession at that mm-hmm. period. I'd imagine even in the building trade, a lot of people were gone, you know, Australia, Australia Canada, yeah. those type of places. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was very hard. Like my, my ignorance being so young actually helped me because yeah. like... That was my first time dealing with accountants properly. That was my first time dealing with solicitors, with banks, with everyone. And like nobody like would have encouraged to do it. Yeah. And especially because they weren't really that popular back then. People were kind of into fitness, but gyms like the social media There's era. No Instagram or anything no, like that. There like, wasn't yeah. so like so it wasn't that big. And when I see gyms opening now, like even small smallish gyms, like they're still miles ahead of what we did back then. We have pictures either on the Denny's Instagram or on mine where you can just see the place before it opened and it's just like, it used to be a candle and light shop, you know, Casa, yeah. I think it was yeah, called. Yeah, So the timber floor from there was still there. Yeah. There was no reception area. It was just like a desk when you walk in. 
and behind them there was just it was just like a room full of equipment it looked more like somewhere you walk in to buy equipment yes. do you know what I mean that these are for sale yeah. it didn't look like a gym and in the picture me and my brother are standing down the corner you can kind of see into the studio that's still a concrete block wall because it hadn't been done yet and if you put the picture of Balancholic side by side with it now like it's chalk and cheese like yeah, you know it's yeah. completely remodelled it's all proper gym flooring proper gym equipment the first spin class we did in Balancholic was just in the middle of the gym floor upstairs yeah. we were just had the bikes in a circle and there was one instructor teaching it and that was a it was um, humble beginnings and how did you get the customers did you pull them in from the previous jobs you were in or bit of that um, like I said the last place I'd worked before was Dioriel in Balancholic so you would have been known in the area then yeah and like I, that same same attitude I had in college when I was working Dioriel I wanted to be the best instructor I wanted like I wasn't getting paid any money or anything you know and that's that's mm. something I've always kind of tried to bring to, to new trainers coming into industry like you have to prove yourself first like yeah. and build yourself up and then you'll, you'll earn the money like yeah. you know and, and that's what I did and so people were coming in as members and asking for you know a basic programme whereas I was putting in the time in it and trying to make it as good as possible and the same with my classes so that, that did have a bit to do with it and I was heavily involved with the rugby club in Balancholic I yeah. played there and um, you know we started doing their fitness so we opened in July 2010 and a month before it I took the Balancholic senior rugby team in as like their pre-season training. Okay, yeah. So there could have been 40 of them. Yeah. Uh, offered them a rate then and a lot of them did join and keep it up after and whatever. But like, I suppose that kind of kickstarted it then. And they would have had family members and you mm-hmm. know, they'd work in places in the area or whatever. Yeah. So the word spread quite quick then. On it the did, back but it. it was still 2010. And like, I'll never forget, I used to do everything at the start. So I teach classes, I train people. And I'd work on the desk as well. Yeah. Uh, like, you'd never see me on the desk now because, um, you know, I try and stay back in the background as much as I can. But when I was on the desk, people used to come in, you know, we'd sell 12 months, 6 months and monthly and whatever. Yeah. yeah. If I tried to sell a 12 month membership, they'd say, but what if you're closed in 3 months? People say that to me, like, yeah, and they so would many, not yeah. commit to it, like. And uh, I know that first, like, 2 or 3 years was just torture, like, just trying to make ends meet just to make sure we can keep going and you know be there when we'll say the recession kind of ends and that kind yeah. of thing and the cash flow would be a huge problem then as well because people probably I'm guessing if they're buying a three month two months in they're kind of eh, a lot of them would say this is not for me and yeah. it's just because of laziness it's not that they didn't like the place it's yeah, or, life gets in the way exactly or they're, they're not using it or like you know there's genuine ones too and people move away and all that because yeah. you know when, when you're talking about gyms you know, there, there's two main reasons someone joins a gym, like outside of fitness and like their goals will say. Yeah. It's why they choose you is because they either live near you or they work near you. Yeah. Because you could be the best gym in the world yeah. in Fermoy, but if someone works in town and lives in town, they're not driving to Fermoy to go to the gym. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it does matter where you're located. And for us, Balancholic was a good location because we did get a lot of the surrounding areas like in Ascara, Blarney even, um, you know, anything west and there was a growing population out there as well a lot of you know a lot of houses being built at that time yeah. and there was nothing there like no I think Balancholic out of the four sites I have has the most competition in like yeah. close locality whereas back then it didn't there was nothing no there was the, like I said there was the leisure centres but there was no real place like even for example I was a powerlifter at the time yeah I competed and the weights weren't heavy enough in the gym I was working in in the Oriel yeah. for that sport so I was doing my shed at home yeah so that then when we opened Denny's we made sure that we kind of ticked all the boxes that no matter if you were training for sport for powerlifting or if you were just wanting to do spin class and that that you could cater for everything you know and it was interesting that you picked your own name 
for the brand because I see gyms today and they all have fancy kind of yeah. names and a lot of Asian kind of like Buddhist words and yeah. stuff for businesses you see that but I suppose the reason for Denny's is because it started with me and my father so yeah. two Denny's like yeah. Do you know, I was very close to my grandmother yeah. and she was always proud of the Denny name. Yeah. So that was it. And I was like advised against it because they're saying if you did want to, you know, like I did make a multi-site and franchise and all that. Yeah. It's not as franchisable. And I remember my answer was, sure, McDonald is a surname. Like, That's true. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. You had confidence in your own name. or Yeah, yeah. yeah. And do you know what? Like, it's not Luke Dennehy's health of his. They don't associate yes. me with it. Like, it's still yeah. just a Dennehy's, like, you know. Yeah. So um, that that's what I wanted to achieve out of it. So... Fast forward the clock then, was it, it was a couple of years before you kind of got into, I suppose, number site number two, was it? Yeah, a lot of looking. Like, um, there's a gym in, in Citygate. We were actually looking at that first. I was yeah. dealing with the developer there, JCD, yeah. who I eventually teamed up with yes. in Penrose. Yeah. But I was dealing with him there. But like, I put in a lot of work trying to get that sorted. That was before Douglas. And I genuinely just didn't have the money for it. Do you know? Mm. Like, we were so popular as a gym then, like, or like I remember John Cleary the de- developer I got him to come out to Denny's on a Monday night like to see how busy we were you yeah, know yeah. and he came out like and we were so busy the car park like it was the busiest gym around we weren't really making that much money yeah. because like the first couple of years we just spent our time like trying to become popular we tried things that didn't really work like, and we was went, it reinvesting all the time new equipment reinvesting we went 24 hour and that put us on the map. Everyone, a lot of people joined that wouldn't have joined before. Nurses and people working late yeah. shifts and all that. But it was costing us money. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So eventually we pulled the plug on that and we just kept late opening hours. So like if people did finish work at eight o'clock doing shift work, they still had time to come to the gym, do a workout and get a shower in or whatever. But yeah, I got them out to see how busy the place was and everything. And at the end of the day, we like we had to call it. Like we just didn't have the money to do it. Like I wanted to expand, but it was a big project like and I wasn't ready. So you didn't go to Citygate, instead you went to Douglas Village. Yeah, it was probably a year later. We were five years in business. Like it was tw- 2015 when we opened Douglas. And I remember um, going to look at the place. Yeah. And I just couldn't, I didn't even know it was there. Do you know, that that particular room, we'll say, or that particular yeah, it's floor. Kind of a, it was a kind of a floor uh, kind of that kind of nobody could figure out exactly where it was because it's kind of next to the car yeah, park yeah but, there was yeah. no I didn't know how to get into it or anything yeah. I remember going there for say we met the shop centre manager Bart who's still the manager yeah. today and um, do you know I mean, we looked at each other when we were in there and we're like this this is the one like this is what we have to get into yeah. do you know it was just such a great and to this day like it's the best thing we did like yeah. do you know it just catapulted our success and even I even said at the time like when we were opening it I was like this will improve Balancholic because do you know with the way the road is like from Balancholic to Douglas it's it's a 10 minute journey it is yeah and everything in between then you're kind of you're opening up your market like your radius we'll say yeah and um, we were we were lucky because I, I always say that the home soil like the Cork the home soil was perfect place for us to grow you know because yeah. when we went there there was another gym like more or less deal done like okay. they, they were in Galway and Waterford at the time yeah so they liked the idea of a cork man and a cork business going into it, and you know the loves were involved, and they're all cor- and yeah, you know there was yeah. all this kind of thing. So I think that's what edged us getting in there. Which ahead is of the brilliant, other one. like for you, like to even be in the same league then as I suppose Tesco's and Marks and Spencer's and mm-hmm. place, and to have that branding out the front. Yeah, like the amount of cars that even pass. I believe we came somewhat of an anchor tenant as well, yeah. like them, you yeah. know, because yeah. um, I'm not saying it's just because of us, but when we got there. 
our side of the shopping centre was empty. Yes. Do you know, there was nothing there. Yeah. Like since then, there's been a Starbucks gone in, there's been TK Maxx, yeah. do you know, there's Bourne, there's these new shops. And like, that side of the shopping centre now was the happening place to be. And they the, have the market there on Saturday mornings. Yeah, and yeah, it's just all fits. It's always bustling, kind of, kind of. And you, you can, you get a lot of people going straight from the gym even into Starbucks. You'd see it in, yeah. in, in the mornings. And I'd stuff. imagine, yeah, that Starbucks kind of, that's what I mean. I think Starbucks kind of thought, Look, there's a gym upstairs too. Like, you know, when they were thinking of moving in there, it might yeah. be a good fit. So, like, how did you promote that one then? Because I'd imagine you had to probably start doing a bit of marketing then because you're moving into this big premises. Yeah. You know, get the name out there. Did you do radio? Did you do print? We did, we did a bit of everything. Radio, yeah. print, the shopping centre are very good. Like, they, yeah. they actually, like, they'd have relationships with the radio stations too, with, with 96 and Red FM. And yeah. they would have, like, actually got campaigns for the centre and involved us in yeah. it and that kind of thing, yeah. you know. But yeah, we we did a lot of it ourselves. Look, a lot a lot of stuff we've done marketing wise has worked, and a lot hasn't. Social media obviously is a big yeah. thing, but it's it's very important at the start of everything because like your first year in business is your biggest marketing spend, and like your first year we'll say opening Douglas was our biggest marketing spend because once you get the word out and get people aware of it, then once you get the members in, it's yeah. kind of word them out like they're your biggest marketing. Yeah tool in basically like if they like the service they're getting they're going to tell a friend or a family mm. member or whatever so once you kind of get through your first couple of years and fill up your membership your goal in is kind of like retention keep those members you know keep them going yeah and then obviously Douglas was successful did you open Blackpool then on the back of that success yeah it was only like it was a year and a half later but it was like within a year we were doing it like Douglas was so successful we opened January the 7th, 2015. Yeah. Now, 2015, 2016 have been the busiest years in fitness. Like, um, yeah. it was like the explosion of fitness. And when we when we opened in January, the first week we had a thousand members. Whoa. Now, your goal for the year would be a thousand members, you know, for your yeah. first year. It's the catchment area, I suppose. We were shot. We had, yeah. we had people that didn't work for us. They were just friends in like doing show rounds of the place because yeah. we were just that busy. The people on the desk were staying on after hours like to try and deal with all the memberships. Yeah. It was just crazy. We couldn't believe it. So then we went to do the same in Blackpool yeah, and open a year later, January and whatever. But yeah. there was an objection went into our planning for change use. Like it had no grounds, but like people do that to delay things. And uh, we didn't get open until May the 4th. That was the Star Wars thing then started the May 4 people which, yeah. And did you do a campaign around that? Then? We did, but like we didn't do that on purpose. That <laughs> yeah, just that just happened. That became a big thing over the last couple of mainly again with social and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. then you had kind of I suppose out there there was a lot of companies in that retail park as well that would probably be looking for a like teamwork. Yeah, teamwork. And, they they went to the same time as us. Yeah, teamwork went at the same time as us. And um Joe, we developed a relationship with them straight away. They're a great company. Their staff would be kind of, you know, perfect members really yes. like they're upstairs plus they're gonna, not going to come at busy times because they kind of work flexi time so they can yeah, come whenever they want yeah. but the north side too is just a very loyal place Yeah. so like in keeping with the whole Cork thing like that you know I think we got into Douglas because we we're from Cork that was my idea then in Blackpool too that like you know there wasn't much out there at the time and I thought if you built up your membership base there that they're very loyal out in yeah, the north side yeah, so, like, so, yeah. you know and it, it has proven to be the case because we didn't get the same January explosion that we got in Douglas, yeah. let's say. Took us longer to build up our membership base, but it is very Strong. loyal too and it's getting stronger every year, even with everything that's gone on, you know. So like then with three gyms opened, that's like how many bodies are you talking about in terms of employees at that point then? like uh, we, We've had 50 plus like at times. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're like 
we had more and then kind of neat made the business a bit neater to what we actually yeah. need, you know. And it's usually about 15 per site. Okay. So like for three sites, you'd have 45 for like, yeah. you know, we should be going up to around, you know, when we're back to normal, about 60 that way. And is that even taking in all the classes? Are they come? Are they people coming from the outside? Yeah, or? no, they're they're employed. Bar, um, we outsource like yoga and zumba and pilates. Okay, yeah. You know they're very specialized. Yeah, and I think it's good for the yoga teachers too, especially some of them work in like you know other yoga studios. Yes. So they might come in here and get a few people that might yeah. join their yeah. studio as well, yeah. and it works both ways. Then. So the business was absolutely flying, mm. and then you went back to to John Cleary again. In terms of Penrose Wharf, he kind of yeah, done yeah. a deal. Was well, it just before COVID kicked in? I think it was around time of the fire. It was literally, I think, the month of the fire. Oh, of course, the Doug- yeah, the fire yeah. and Douglas around the same time. Yeah, I really did feel like I'd be a very positive person. Yeah. And I really did feel like that was never meant to happen, Penrose, because like Douglas was our busiest and like financially our best gym. Yeah. Then the fire. Like when the fire happened, I remember I was walking out of the cinema in Balancholic. I yeah. wasn't going to the cinema, but I was getting popcorn. Yeah. And I had the popcorn in my hands and my phone was going mad. Yeah. And I was like, what's going on? And mm. then obviously I heard about what happened. Yeah. And I took absolutely no notice. I was like, everybody overreacts about these things. You a know? small thing, like no yeah. alarm going off or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And Steve, our manager, was over at West Ham, at a West Ham match. He was coming back in the plane. He found yeah. out, you know. And uh, I remember saying to him, I was like, look, just close tomorrow to keep people happy yeah. and we'll sort it out Monday Yeah, because it happened on Saturday night like was it 18 months later before we actually That's opened right, our doors yeah. like it was a um, huge like the damage caused in the car parks alone the structure massive and you know what we, and that was quite close to where you were anyway as well wasn't it like in terms of it was of it was we had smoke damage and all the vents and all that you know and where like the vents coming out of the bathrooms and all that were damaged but um, like obviously you've insurance in for a reason we actually came in here, I remember um, Frank brought us around here because we were trying to figure out what to do with our managers. Like, obviously, yeah. part-timers and all that, we just had to let go. Oh, I remember actually, uh, at the time, DC put out a call, and there was a lot of businesses said to anyone in Douglas Village, if you want to come in, relocate. use the office yeah. and stuff, yeah. which was lovely at the time, yeah. Very nice. And um, we just moved managers to Balancholic and to Blackpool and for as long as we could but then yeah. we ended up having to make people redundant because we, we were thinking oh we might be open in yeah. a few months because yeah. we weren't at that like we weren't as much damage as the car park but when it becomes a building site like our main entrances are from the car park into the gym we have a street entrance but the main entrances yeah. are there like you'd have to change your fire sort and everything because they're not no longer like exits because they were building yeah. sites and all that so we just couldn't open until the centre was done basically yeah. That must have been devastating. Devastating. Because one thing, like you lost a lot of staff, lost a lot of members. Like they all, like we yeah, had Yeah, I'd imagine they just went somewhere else probably. Did did, yeah, some of them went to Balancholic and that because it was grand, yeah. you know, they kept it up. But the majority of them just... Logistics know, might have been difficult for them to get out to Balancholic. Like I said, if yeah. you don't work there, if you don't yeah. live there, it doesn't yeah. make sense. So we knew we'd have a big rebuild ahead of us when it came back. But... Like you have insurance for a reason and obviously insurance is is, is a subject that um you could go on for, for the day like because yeah. it is like myself and Steve who were working with the insurance companies and the loss adjusters and all that. Like the headaches we had working on it were, were crazy. But we thought we were covered for a year. Yeah. So like you're covered for a year, uh, your gross profit because of, you know, that's part of your policy. Yeah. But there was a clause in the policy that if any like thing happened within that year that would have caused you to close yeah 
then you're not covered for that. Oh, stop. So when COVID happened, yeah. like we were supposed to be covered up till August. Yeah. When COVID happened from March onwards, we weren't covered. So you had four or five months Yeah, taken they away. just said, that's it. Now you got your six months and good luck, you know. So we lost a big time there. So first the fire happened, then that happened, and then COVID. You must have thought my luck has really run out at this stage. And we were like well in, like everything signed and agreed for Penrose at this stage. Like, yeah. you know, it was all done right. It was supposed to open in June 2020. Yeah. So I, I remember we were in proper lockdown where you were like only around your house and stuff. And I yeah. was walking back to field with the dog. I remember getting a phone call from JCD, like, and it was just a pure upbeat phone call. It was like, yeah, we're still on track, like, yeah, do you know, the yeah. building's starting again in a few weeks and we'll get ready for June and whatever. And I was like, so thinking, I I, still, I was paying out everything still at the time because, you know, everything stopped all of a sudden. I still owe people money from Douglas and getting yeah, stuff done, yeah. we had the place done up and whatever. And um, I was like, how am I going to afford this, like, yeah. do you know, and plus we didn't know when you were allowed to open. Yeah. Then, like, they'd let you open after lockdown. Remember, we were open in June or whatever right, it was yeah. for a few weeks. And you're like, oh, yeah, things are getting then back Then it closed now, and yeah. opened again. Yeah, and then on to JCD, yeah, we're sort of, we'll, we'll, we'll get back. And then closed again, do you know? And I was like, geez, I don't know. I was like, am I mad doing this? But, it, like, at the end of the day, if you look at the Penrose Dock development, how good it is, like, yeah. you know, obviously I fell in love with it the minute I walked in there. But if you look at the whole Docklands, you look at Cork City, you look what, the potential it has over the next 10 years to develop yeah, those docklands yeah. and make it something better than what Dublin mm. has, you know, mm. like the real capital will say, like make it, make it, you know, better in Dublin. It's a place where I went in thinking that people will say to me in three or four years time, you got in there at a very good time. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. And like that, that's kind of what people said to me in Ballancolly. That's what people said to me in Douglas. So I kind of said to myself, look, I'm just far in, you know, go for it. And I must add, like the AIB, my bank, yeah. And JCD were very helpful with everything, yeah. you know. I know, like, the pandemic everyone suffered from. Yeah. They understood, you know, so, like, they, they were very lenient, like, you know, they worked with me on everything and... But you had a pandemic and a fire, like, you had to both, yeah. you know, like, to suffer with that and having to let staff go and things like that, like, that must have been... It, it was, it was, it was, um, yeah, it does, th- things like that don't bother me so much, do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, we're, we're 11 years in business. Yeah. I've kind of seen everything. Yes. You know, I, I know there's more to see, but I mean, I've seen a lot. I've dealt with solicitors, I've dealt with accountants, I've dealt with landlords, yeah. I've dealt with problems with, you know, places flooding, showers yeah. flooding, all these yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. We have it all. And like, you develop a, develop a thick skin from it. Yeah. Like when things happen now that like people might think are big deals, they don't really affect me or my management team. Like yeah. we're kind of like, we, we've developed that thick skin that we know how to handle these things. And like that, like we can go into open a big location like Penrose and it is it's like prime location yeah. it's expensive it's, it, it, it is all those but you can look look at it in a long term view and say well look you know the world will get back to normal mm. people are going to come back into the offices people are going to be working in town this place is going to build up Yeah, you're better off to take the risk now and like have a payoff than to look back in five or ten years time another gym went in there yeah. and say oh my god why didn't I just take a chance then like so so which one did you get back into first? Did you get back into Douglas or did you get into Penrose first? Well, well Douglas, because we opened Douglas, reopened it on the 1st of December yeah. 2020. Yeah, 2020, yeah. 2020, yeah, yeah. for a month. And I remember it was, oh, it was closed another again. Another four or five months again, yeah. And that was a busy month. Like, we could, like we reopened and we were like, yeah, jeez, like, all our members are coming back. Yeah. And do you know what? When you're on about loyalty and all that, <laughs> I say about the North side, Douglas, 
so many people came back like yeah. all the members came like they obviously went to other gyms for a year or whatever but they Pink, did come people back. were delighted to see that whole centre come back alive again and yeah it was it was like a community centre like a town centre kind of yeah. I missed it I realised at Christmas there and all that how much I missed it because I do a lot of my shopping down there President's yeah. Butchers downstairs with yeah. Marks and Spencer I do it well I used to do a lot of shopping there for my nan because she yeah. used to love it and she lived yeah. in England for a time and it's just the whole feeling like when we were there even this January like the manager Bart like he did the whole centre up and then he's like all oh, the lifts and all I this. saw it. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. all done up. Yeah. And um, do you know that that kind of support you get from them yeah. do you know makes it a great place to be and you don't you, you can't exactly quantify how much business it gives you but the fact that Douglas is so successful you'd have to like say that it does give you a lot of business you know. So you went back in there the lockdown happened but when you came back out of lockdown then how long was it before Penrose opened? When we were allowed open, Penrose was ready. So that was the seventh oh, so. of June, twenty twenty one. Yeah, is when we reop- when we opened Penrose for the first time. And um, to be fair, like the builders in there, there that the whole development is unbelievable. But like the change rooms in there, like mm. second to none. The yeah. the quality they put in. Now you do see because we did a gym in twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen. That doing one in twenty 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 one, the cost of materials has gone up so much. Like, yeah, do you know, yeah, yeah. I'm afraid to see if we go for number five in a couple yeah, of years, how much yeah. it's going to cost to build a gym. But like to do what we're doing now, like what the way we've set up Penrose is kind of like um, our blueprint for what a Denny's gym will want to look like in the future. You know that like if we could box that, put it into similar locations. This is the standard now. Yeah, yeah and it is, and that's the thing when you do something of that standard, you have to stick to it. You know, and even like when we need to replace equipment in in the other sites, we're going for a higher yeah. brand of equipment now going forward. We probably would have done it all already, except for we have to get back on our feet. Yeah. Like we're still only at about sixty percent of what we used to be Whoa. before the pandemic. Like sixty percent across all sites, is it? Yeah. And you have a kind of um, a system whereby you can use the membership in any of the gyms. Mm-hmm. Then is that something that's done in the industry in general? Or yeah. But it's usually an extra cost. So usually yeah. you pay for a passport or a roaming a roaming fee or something like. So like, yeah. say if a gym was €40 euro a month, you pay €45 euro a month, you can yeah. use the other sites as well. Cork's smaller though. Like, and our sites are done up in a kind of a pyramid. So like you've got Ballancolic West, mm-hmm. then you come to Douglas and then you go across the other side of the city to Blackpool and then in the middle of that triangle is, kind of, is Penrose. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually accessible to a lot of people, especially the Ballancolic and Douglas. Yeah. A lot of people use it too. And do you know why the reason we didn't put any charge in it or anything and why we wanted it in the first place is when you're on about people falling off and leaving gyms, a lot of time you get bored too. And you want you to get, do something else. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. sometimes just going to one of the other gyms yeah. on a Saturday or something might kind of get you motivated again, you know. So have you seen a lot of people like, for example, from Douglas and Balancolic and Blackpool now trying out Penrose? Yeah. Penrose is something like you might do on a, you know, a weekend or something, yeah. Yeah. especially a Sunday or something like that. Um, because the thing with doing an inner city gym is like you want people living or working in town because mm. there's no parking. Yeah. But at the same time, then I've seen a lot of fellas, you know, like on the roads and all that after six, because our busy times after six is yes. free parking anyway. Yeah. So a lot Road of people road or somewhere like that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like we're trying to fill up our days with people who work in the area yeah. and in the evenings kind of is open to anyone living in the area too. Like. But I'd imagine all those, like, is it Apple and a few others have gone in, or they're either gone in or going in. They're going in, yeah. Um, and a lot of the kind of accountancy forms and stuff, I think Grant Torrent and a few yep. others have gone. 
they'll probably use it as well. Like, do you do deals with companies or how does that work? Yeah, we do corporate rates with them, especially with Penrose Dock and um, Albert Key. It's usually if they're in the locality or in the building uh. and then there's like, depending how many people want to join because at the end of the day, if you do corporates for every company, then that would just be your rate. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You need yeah. to, like companies that say, look, we're going to guarantee 25 you know, straight away, then you're going to give them a good rate. Yeah, so it's based on that. Yeah. I'd imagine we've seen a lot of kind of different trends in the industry over those what, nearly 12 years now since you opened the first one. Yeah. Is it me or is there a huge emphasis nowadays on this kind of personal training, whereas before people just kind of went to the gym themselves? Or Yeah, no, there's a huge emphasis on personal training. You know, like my, my, my own personal opinion on it is that if you're a beginner, you probably need personal training because people are nervous about how they look, do you mm-hmm. know, when they're using a machine, if they don't know how to use it, they're kind of like, oh, I look like an idiot now using it wrong or whatever, yeah. which isn't the case because yeah. realistically, nobody's looking at it and if someone's experienced, they really don't care what you're doing. But if you go do personal training, it gives you that confidence that a person that knows how to do this has shown you how to do it first. My problem with it is some people rely on it then too much and they just do it all the time. And it's a, it's a heavy expense. Like, is, and, you yeah. know, they fall off then they go back to where they were and then they join up again. Whereas a good personal trainer will teach you enough that you can do it yourself, mm. you know. And then if you have something coming up and you want like that accountability, you might you know do another yeah. six week block or whatever it is but um, I think when you're if you're signing up for personal training you should be looking to educate yourself not become a personal trainer yourself but get enough of them that you know right if he writes out a program and puts all these exercises on it I know exactly how to do yeah. them in good form and yeah so yeah I, I would I agree and even people that have personal training clinics that like you know like that place I worked on day one if someone's going there getting personal training like if they want to keep it up, they should be aiming to join a gym themselves and yes. then do it themselves. And do it themselves afterwards then. Because you learn by doing, do you know if somebody stands over you the whole time in anything, you fall back on them, do you know, you're just listening to them, it becomes automatic. Whereas if you actually have to learn and go in yourself and remember it, that's that's how you get better at it. Like, Have you seen changes in, in terms of the age profile visiting gyms? You yeah. know, is there a lot of old, older people who kind of keeping fit and stuff like that? There is. And we, we changed. We were teenagers always. Okay. And then when lockdown one happened, I remember, you know, like the first week we weren't actually in lockdown, but all the schools stopped. That's right. And they were like kind of putting it up to yourself if you want to close or not. Yeah. Our biggest issue that week when the schools closed was groups and groups of teenagers coming in, you know, and like everyone was afraid at that stage too. So when we were reopening the first time, we said, look, we're going to go over 18s. We're we're going to have to because everybody's scared. We want to set a good example. We had big meetings before, like during lockdown one, our goal was when we reopen, we're going to be like a gym that sets the standard of like, you know, cleanliness of like space, spacious gym, like yeah, make everybody yeah. feel comfortable and all that. And we did do that. And that's one thing I'm very confident that we did. And um, a big part of that was we went to over 18s. Now it cost us because if you had 11 months left on your membership, mm. we had to pay you like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like at a time where we had no money coming in. So we paid out all that we owed. Um, you know, some people who were 17 and a half and all that just froze it and waited till they were 18 to come back yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And that was fine. Did you get a lot of grief? Got a bit of grief. Not as much as I expected. Yeah. I thought I'd get, I'd get a lot more. But when we reopened, like, it's the most said thing from members to me now is, you know, how comfortable it was, yeah. you know, how, how, like, and it's still, we're still busy, but it's nowhere near as busy as it was because the problem was with the teenagers and, you know, 
I'm not speaking about all of them because some of them like were, were big into sport. They come at six in the morning and they're big into it and all that. That's fine. Yeah. But what happened was it's so cheap and you can join for a month that like there used to be five or six coming in. They're only joining because the weather's bad and they're just hanging around the gym. Something to do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And we, we we became almost like babysitters there, especially on a Wednesday and all that can, you know, and everything was increased. The amount of cleaning we had to do, the amount of staff we had to have on to yeah. manage it, the change rooms used to be a mess. So, um, financially and like for our members it just made more sense to stay over 18s than after yeah, yeah. and to this day like you know it, it was one of the best decisions we made because people can still get like if you're if you're under 18 you, you should have a gym in your school like yeah. they should all have gyms they should have teachers teach them health and fitness like they should be doing yeah. physical education they all have sports and if they if, if they want you know and we do get this if people want to get really fit for the sport we still do personal training under 18s okay because you so come you in one on one yeah, yeah so there's no groups exactly yeah, yeah. Um, and that that's where they get the benefit yeah. you know if they come in and do one on one they actually learn something but um, that was the biggest change we made I think during lockdown is one thing we'll keep and like what do you make of the whole thing then where like people seem to be obsessed with fitness in terms of Instagram and you know yeah the, there's a whole culture there. Like there it's, is. It's like, I need to look better than the other person or something, isn't there? Yeah, like 2016 was probably the biggest, you know, for that, like, because yeah. everybody was at it. Mm. Like, I remember, like, our gyms, we used to have problems with people. They almost were doing, like, everybody videos a few exercises yeah. and they might, you know, want to show yeah. you it. Well, I do it myself. But people used practically be bringing those big umbrellas in and doing like full on you know inside it was like a movie set yeah. you know inside in the gym and would they bring somebody with them to f- I always sometimes yeah. I think people only joined you know to yeah. video their friends or whatever but like yeah. they um, always we used to get awful attitude like when we used to approach them for it but like at the end of the day if some fella is you know on his break from work and he came in for a workout like and he doesn't want that yeah 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 you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're on someone's story there you might have a woman there. there and she doesn't want to be on it either like she, you know she's yeah you know, on the treadmill or whatever in the background and somebody's filling They're not them. comfortable with a big yeah. redhead in them or something, yeah. you know, and they yeah. see that then or whatever, or one of their friends see it. Yeah. So, uh, to be fair, I think that did die out. Um, That died out. Like, I know it's still a thing today. They kind of shifted to those, uh, what would you say, the kind of personal training studio, the, those type of... Yeah, they I did. They did. But, like, <laughs> I think a lot of them, a lot of people that do have moved out to places like Dubai and that kind of thing yeah. where it's kind yeah. of like, you know, more photogenic anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um. Which is grand for us because even Penrose is such a nice gym. I'd say it would be a yes. perfect spot for it. But it's not that um, we just give out to people right now. We just ask them to respect, you know, the people around them that, yeah. that want their privacy yeah. or whatever. And like it's a hard one because in one way it's probably good if they're if you're tagged in it because it's spreading your name. But on the other side, people then be like, nah, that's upsetting my experience. So there's a, a balance. Well, the problem was some of the people that we want that probably wanted to join were turned off joining because of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like. We have people come back to Douglas now in, what is it, 2022 now? And they're saying, geez, you know, it's not what I expected. Because they still think it's 2016. They still think they're going to come in and see it like that, you know, where yeah. it's really busy, a load of kids and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Where it's not like that anymore. It yeah. can be busy, but it, it's not like that. It's, it's a more mature kind of um, membership there. And the difference is, is when it's really busy now, when they're all adults, it's nearly all individual training. So it doesn't look as kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Whereas when it was busy yeah. with younger people, in groups of five and all that for hanging around the machine it can look uncomfortable do you know what about like during lockdown then were you ever afraid that people would get used to going out and doing their own exercise at home or buying equipment or like yeah you know They're, even Peloton for example has I, I'm not sure if it's fully available in Ireland but these type of trends seem to be 
becoming big now this home exercise and it will be but at the end of the day like I actually I said this in an interview before too like you you want to be a, a special type of person to have that same drive to yeah. do it on your own at home yeah like even for me if I worked out in the gyms during lockdown when it was empty like I'd have a bit of drive I kept going a bit but when there's other people in the gym around you yeah it definitely pushes you further and plus it's a social thing yeah do you know like like when I go into Penrose there in the morning to train I know who's going to be there almost every morning you know it's the same people and you develop yeah. these relationships with yeah. people some people you, you might even know their name but you develop this kind of height do you know yeah you, you know, you know them, them to see as it yeah exactly yeah and um do you know, I do think we're social animals and it'll it'll always be a thing. But it's no harm to have that. Like, I have my own stuff at home now that I got during lockdown. Yeah. And sometimes you just want to break from everyone and go home and do your own thing. Like, yeah. that's fine. But, you know, just because you're a member of a gym too doesn't mean, like, I know I I know I kind of have to say this, but they are relatively cheap to join when you, yeah. when you compare them to your Sky Digital bill or to, yeah. to any of your other bills. Yeah. Like, it's, it's relatively, for what you get, cheap to join. And, um, you don't even need to be using it every day to get the value out of it. Yeah. Because I always yeah. look at it, like for example, we're 42 euro a month and a lot of times you could do pay as you go in a place for like 10 or 15 euro. Yeah. So if you did that four times a week, you're gone over your 42 a month. That's right, yeah. So like yeah. even if you're using the gym twice a week, you're getting your value for yeah. it, you know. And you do kind of peak and off-peak as well because the off-peak can suit people too. Definitely nowadays because of flex, you know, flexi yeah. time. I think that's yeah. what it's called. A lot of people work like that now so it makes sense. Like when, when I train myself because obviously I'm there so I know the, the good times. It's always early morning and like middle of the afternoon like just after lunch because they're the quietest times. But like people, like I, I especially expect Penrose will probably have busy times there because people have that freedom now that's say, right, yeah. look I'll work an extra hour later yeah. if I do my workout now and like is it healthy for people to be exercising late at night you know like yeah it's questionable do you know you I, know when you, I, I'd often pass then he's there in Douglas and I see people on the, like on the bike up by the window at 10 o'clock and I'm cycling fast or whatever yeah. and I'm kind of thinking will they be able to sleep yeah and just some people love it and I do yeah. think the people that love going out and clubbing and doing yeah. all these things prefer the late nights okay yeah, yeah do you know it's yeah. kind of like that's their time that they yeah. come alive and they have all the energy and whatever for me I don't like I, I play soccer and we train 7 day Tuesday and Thursday and they're the latest training sessions I have everything else is early yes. at night I like to wind down yeah. you know have my food then relax digest mm. it and get to bed early and speaking of food, do you do things like advise people on nutrition or anything like that in the gyms? Or no, well, that that's just it. We advise them. We don't Evil. like do plans or anything yeah, like that. Like yeah. we've had ex employees now um, that went out on their own doing things. Like Paul Sullivan's one of them. He's um, bespoke nutrition on Instagram and he has a website and that. But like, if people were asking me, I just say, look, get on to him. Yeah, yeah, you know, because up, it yeah. is an important part of it. Like, yeah. but um, at the end of the day, you mightn't be going to the gym. You might be just going to move more and feel better, yeah. have more mobility. Yeah. And like you were saying, there's a lot of older people going to the gym now. And uh, that that's a huge thing. I think that's going to be the biggest thing this decade is kind of like the over 50s. Keeping you know, fit. Yeah, yeah, longevity. Yeah. You know, the, the, the pandemic should have taught people lessons too, like about yeah. your health, like and yeah. longevity. And, you know, they weren't they were never telling a, a 25 year old you were in a risk category you know they were telling you if you were yeah. over 50 or if you had a, yeah. a certain circumference of your waist you were in a risk category so I think people that are older are going to be like look I want to be around for my kids or my grandkids or whatever so there's going to be a lot of people trying to stay fit we'll say and it complements a lot of maybe physio and stuff like that that yeah. you might have you know they give you exercise you go into the gym do it yourself then 
Yeah, yeah. We've we've physio Douglas Anthony Cool and we've physio um Donnick Long uh, in Penrose and Laura Lyons now was Blackpool took Donnick Long's place and they don't work for us, like they're their own oh, companies. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And the reason we have them there is just for that because they've got a set of skills that we don't have yeah. and that we don't hire. Yeah. And but it's still on the doorstep for any of the members mm. that they don't have to go looking for it. And um so they all specialise in different things as well in different parts and you know they're they're very even for us and for the staff to have there. I've seen a lot of situations where people come in for personal training and they've got medical history or certain injuries and yeah. it's just something you can bounce off the physio as well yeah. to make sure you're doing it right, you know. That's vital. Yeah. What's the future for Denny? Is it, are you kind of happy with four or will you expand? Well, like when I was at three, I was happy with three. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, and then an opportunity came your way. Yeah. And I remember day one, my goal was five. Okay. And then as time went on, I kind of, again, like when, when we had the three, we were so busy and it's so hard to like, you know, spread yourself. And I was like, oh, you know, how could you do five when you had yeah, three? Yeah. But then you get the right management teams in the right places and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, you know, when I do this. They start running themselves, I'd imagine. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I have two, I have Noel O'Leary, one of the directors of the company and Stephen Barry and like between the three of us, we kind of manage all four sites. Yeah. But like they specialise or they, they kind of stick with two sites each or whatever. Um, but we always work together then on everything and it just it's weird because when I had one gym I had way more work to do Yeah. when I had four gyms I had way less work to do because of this like because we've spread the load we'll say between the three of us so like I said the way Penrose has de- developed now and you know like I said in the experience of the 11 years I've been through so much mm. I, like, I'd be very confident I could do it again if the right location came up and I I, I wouldn't write off town like having another right mm. location mm. Because if it builds up the way I think it's going to build up, then there's room for gyms, we'll say, for a few more gyms around the place, you know, if everyone's going to be working in town and living in town, if, if apartments are built and stuff like that. And you're not worried by the explosion and competition over the last couple of years where there's lots of gyms and... Yeah, no. Um, It must have an effect on us because if if they weren't there, like, I don't know, sure, obviously yeah. their members would be our members yes. if they're looking for a gym or whatever. But... I don't know, there's something about when new gyms open, their marketing campaign doesn't just sell them, it sells health and fitness. Yes, of course. So like they could be marketing all over yeah. the place and if they're not in your locality and people are seeing their marketing, mm. they might say, do you know what, I should join a gym. Yeah. Do you know? So I think the whole industry is getting busier. I do think it's going to be a hard time for new gyms. So like when I open Penrose, it's a new site, but it's not a new gym. Like Denny's is established. We have a name. Yeah, that yeah. big, huge marketing budget I'm on about isn't really as, you know, important. But I think new gyms opening up from scratch now. Just because I, I built gyms in 2010, 2015, 2016, and I know how much more expensive they are now yeah. to buy equipment. I think Brexit might have an effect on it. I think like, you know, the cost of metal, all these kind of things. And insurance and all that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, insurance well. is ridiculous. Like insurance yeah. for us has... I think it's gone like it could be five times what it was Whoa. back when we first insured Whoa. Douglas like do you know and that was another part of going under it when we went over 18s we got a good bit off our insurance yeah. and I think it's it's down to like you know parents you know suing for every little thing that happens yeah. to their kid yeah. or whatever yeah. like even if it's negligence like they'll still yeah. sue for it um, because the way the, the insurance just pay out like that yeah We've had people, you know, do absurd things, hurt themselves, hurt other people in the gym and still sue us, like, so. Yeah. 
Um, but we're learning all that now too yeah. and like poor old Steve Barry one of the directors deals with all the insurance he's almost qualified in it now at this stage yeah. but yeah. um, is there much of that kind of there is there is people having accidents and stuff like that yeah I've maybe seen lifting weights that they shouldn't lift and things yeah and I've seen a shift in it because I presume like some judges are getting a bit more clamping down on the fact that look you know there is a bit of negligence involved here yeah the thing is is when when you run a business I, I speak for myself anyway, you, you want everything to be done right and you want to give the member the best experience possible. If something is your fault, you yeah. should take full responsibility. You should pay that person. They should be like compensated for anything you know that happened to them because of you or your negligence or what your trainer did or something. But like there's things that have happened that like complete negligence, staff have been fantastic, looked after people, actually yeah. helped them yeah. and everything. They still sue you because they leave the place happy, yeah. but then they meet their their you know broker or their lawyer or whatever, and they say you know do you know what you get a few pound notice. Yes, like if people have any money issues or if you know any yeah. insecurity, they're going to take it. Like, yeah. but um, again, I think back to 2015, 16, those kind of years, those things were big, and I don't know. Maybe it's because we've set ourselves up in a better way that we don't we're not open to them. Yeah, but like it doesn't seem to be much of a thing anymore. And would you franchise it out? Then he's would you like if like outside of Cork, for example? Yeah, yeah, I I would like like I said the reason I haven't so f- so far is because we're strong in Cork. Mm. Like it's kind of luck. Like we we before Penrose we were almost going into Dublin. Okay, or was it before Blackpool as well? We we're almost going into Dublin as well, and um, I just think if that had happened, if we had done Dublin over Cork, I think when the fire happened when the pandemic happened we wouldn't have yeah. survived it the way we did because you know we we would have had to have that big marketing spend up there like show them how good we are yeah. up there and do all that first but now that we've gotten through this and like say by the time we get to the end of 2022 and we we've a full year behind us without closures like I think we're in a strong position then that we could package it up and put it somewhere and your customers are probably doing the marketing for you down here there. In many ways, it's probably nice to be the big fish in the small pond as well at times. Oh, it is, yeah. And you know what? Everything I I can I can go into one of my sites every day. Yeah. Do you know, like I know it might happen in the future sometime, but you know, to to not to not know my staff personally, yeah, will be a big transition for me because I do know them all personally. Now we have new trainers starting every week and all that kind of stuff, especially yeah. post pandemic that I haven't met and all that kind of thing, but. Like I know all my managers, mm. we all we all have a relationship and I like the way it is at the moment. But I'm just not ruling it out for the future because I would, like, when you have something you believe in, a gym like that, or if it was a pub or if it was whatever it was, if you think it's good and everyone that comes in there is getting something good, you want it to be everywhere. Do you know, yeah. you'd like to package it. And so that's kind of our thing with expansion, even though we expand so close to each other in Cork, we're like, if another gym is going in there, it might as well be us because we know what we can, yeah. you know, provide. So Luke, I have two questions for everyone at the end of the podcast. The first one is, uh, what tip would you give another business to build a brand? So you've been in business nearly 12 years now at this point. Mm-hmm. Someone starting off in any industry, what tip would you give them? I t- well, I tell them to be brave and not just focus on saving money. Yeah. Because like I said at the start, like, you know, a lot of things we did cost us money. Yeah. And I'm not saying go out and lose money and put yourself under financial pressure. But what I'm saying is don't try and be a millionaire within a year. Yeah. Because it's not the way it goes. If you if you 
think that the first three years is just setting your foundation, yeah. showing everyone how good your product or your service is. Yeah. Then you can start like looking at your costs and trying mm. to make your money and be be profitable and whatever. But um, the the first three years, you just need to show people what you're about, like, and and make it recognizable. Like that was our biggest thing that when you you know walk into a Denny's, you know you're in a Denny's, like, yeah. you know, you have a a particular brand, we'll say. And the second question I have is, what tip would you give an individual? And in particular, I'm interested in the young person that maybe, again, you know, is fed up at school or maybe fed up with a course in college or something like that and thinks maybe this is not for for them. Like you took a big risk in terms of mm-hmm. walking away after four years of doing an apprenticeship and went into a completely different industry. I'm not too sure what, what it's like at the moment. Yeah. I, I don't know do, because I wouldn't, but I don't know do other employers really have an emphasis on leaving certs and on, you yeah, know, qualifications, yeah. obviously in certain yeah. things you need them. But like for, for our own industry, especially, do you know, because a lot of people do become personal trainers, do a little course or whatever, yeah. but like it's more of a hobby. If someone actually wants to build a career in it, like I would definitely go work for people first, yeah. go build up experience yeah. and build a client base as well. Because I think people are coming out and I've heard this, like the people are coming out of like, you know, 12 week courses or something and setting up an Instagram page and all yeah. this kind of stuff. You've no experience. Best trait in a personal trainer is rapport, but being able to put yourself in, in someone else's shoes. So like you can't do that online. You can't do that, you know, unless you have the experience of working face to face with people. Yeah. Even if you're not getting paid, like, it, and it comes back to the first one, don't try to be a millionaire within the first year. If you're not getting paid a huge amount, whatever, go workplaces, gain the experience. Don't think about the money at first. Think about every client you meet, the yeah. experience you're building up on that. And I've seen the people that worked for us that went out on their own, started their own business, and they even mentioned stuff like, you know, you know, I've trained over 1,100 clients and all that kind of stuff, yeah. you know, and it sounds good. Young, if you're out there and you're thinking, you know, I'm going to change. Yeah, I, I try I, something I, first. I got, some, I got something in my leaving cert here uh, that made me get this course in college that I have absolutely no interest in, no passion in. Yeah. So I'm not going to excel in it, and I'm not yeah. going to go out and work in it. But if you do have an interest in a passion, or something else, take the risk. Yeah. Like take that leap. Like no matter what, if you put yourself under that kind of pressure where you have to succeed, you will. Yeah. Do you know when you have too much safety and and comfort and just sitting back, whatever. Do you know. It's a recipe to wake up in five years' time. Said, "You know, I should have done something then." You like taking risks, I said. Yeah, I do. I don't. I don't see. I don't see the point of not taking them. Yeah. Um. Like I said, it, I don't know. My, you know, lucky as well. Yeah. But things do work out, and yeah. I think if you kind of, you know, that old thing where they 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 burn the ships. You know, when you land and you burn the ships, and yeah. like you have to win this battle, or you're not getting. You know, you're yeah. you're dead. You're not getting. Do yeah. like, you know, when we sit down. And we have our meetings and say, look, lads, we have to do it. We'll have to find a way. Mm. It just happens. The lads always laugh at me because, you know, everything that happens, I always say obstacles. It's the thing we say. Yeah. Like there's no such, like the fire happened, the pandemic happened, other things happened, staff leave, all these things. There's there's no like, oh, we're past it all now. This is smooth sailing for the rest of it. Like that is the way it's going to be always. And if if you don't have obstacles, you're not progressing. Yeah. So like when people see something to get overwhelmed they say oh no do you know this is a big thing homie I look at it as a way like that right get through this there's something good on the other side yeah. do you know and yeah. that's that's worked for me and I suppose I'm just not afraid to to take those chances and see what happens but like we open Penrose and I'm happy with it I'm happy with what this year is going to bring and 
who knows we might do something next year that's a fascinating story and it's a great success story for a cork business as well to grow so quick despite all the i suppose the obstacles that were thrown in your way over the last kind of 10 12 years as well so it's brilliant to have you in uh, luke and yeah. best of luck with everything in the future and again thanks for having me Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the 24 Stories podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and get in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn at 24 Stories Tribe. I'll be back next week with a brand new guest.